Wouldn't want to leave that in and piss off anyone. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian and Jason, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Let's get started. We actually have a little bit of breaking news, which I just saw right before I hit record. So this might be new to you, Jason. Apparently, the UK terror threat level has been raised to severe. So the good news around the world continues. What happened? Did they say what's going on? Uh, No, the new alert level means an attack on the UK is, air quotes, highly likely, although there is no intelligence to suggest an attack was imminent. So they have one more level up that they can go. But uh, they're they're not saying exactly why, which is smart, because you shouldn't be saying why. You're supposed to be trying to stop it. Um, So... Hopefully. So what's the point of telling everybody? Uh, be more aware. Be alert because the UK needs more alerts. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like all those um, cameras don't help already. Okay. Yeah. So uh, here's hoping nothing happens. <clears throat> Hang in there, UK. So uh, we skipped something last week. We talked about your iPhone battery issues for a couple weeks. Yes. And turns out that there's a recall. Uh, yeah. No, the, re, re, uh, replacement. Uh, I'm re- sorry, not uh, a recall. Yes. Uh, thanks to uh, M. Tamal on Twitter who alerted us to this uh, uh he he likes to think that it's because of our incessant bitching that apple heard us and, and put this into play but i i doubt that uh they are doing a recall or a replacement uh for certain models only of course and uh there's a website you can go to you type in your serial number and you find out if you're okay for a replacement uh of course mine no i'm, I'm not up for it <laughs> really yeah i don't know why it's I, actually it, i have to try it again they may have a, a bug in their system because when i typed in my uh my uh, my number. It, it came back and said your battery has already been replaced, so you're not uh, eligible. And I was like, it has never been replaced. <laughs> yeah, just take it into the store. They'll do it right there for you. Yeah, I figure so. So if you're having the continual problems with your iPhone five battery, uh, get your ass over to the Genius Bar and, and they'll swap you out. And I do recommend if if you do a backup, if you generally backup to iCloud, mm-hmm. before you go in to do any of these things, do a local backup too. Mm-hmm. Just because when you try and restore, it takes a hell of a lot longer to restore from iCloud than it does from a local backup. Just yeah. saying. You know, if you want to save yourself several hours and get all your apps back quicker, <laughs> just do a local backup first. Totally agree. That That is very smart. Um, so in other news, uh, Richard Attenborough sadly passed away. I was uh, watching Jurassic Park last night, and I completely actually spaced on the fact that he had passed away. So I kind of did a, a an unknowing tribute. Um, great guy. Now I've got a question for you. Does Jurassic Park have legs? Um, you know, it's funny that that's actually why I kind of watched it. Uh, I was, I didn't go out of my way. I was just scanning through and I saw that it was, it was actually on cable. So I just put it on and continued to watch it. Uh, the Allison Rosen is your new best friend podcast. They've been talking incessantly about Jurassic Park and how it's almost the perfect movie. Now, most of the guys on this and gals on this podcast are considerably younger than you and I. So they were like little kids when they came out. So I'm sure it's tainted that way. Uh, I was watching it just to see if it does have legs. And I would say it does. It's actually a great movie. I really okay. enjoyed it. Although I can't stop every time that they show the guy, the actor that played Newman on, he's, he's a big part of the movie and I just screaming in my head. I'm like Newman every time he's on. So, <laughs> okay. That's good to hear. I thought it would, I thought that would stand up. You, you guys, it was you such guys, a well done movie. You guys should do it on your podcast. I, I personally think it did stand up very well. I, I was pretty engrossed with it. Well, you've already spoiled the ending, so it's got legs. We don't need to do it now. <laughs> is it tw- is it twenty years old? I have no idea. Um, 
I should, probably should have looked that up. We have the internets in front of us. Go for it, Jason. Um, okay. Don't talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, while I was I was watching, I was apparently I was just in a bad mood last night, even though I was enjoying Jurassic Park. Uh, they did run a commercial for, here in California for the the California Highway Patrol. Showed a commercial that reminded me not to drive like a homicidal maniac. So I'd like to thank them for that because you know without that commercial, I would have been killing people on the road today. I can't believe they're spending tax dollars to it's, actually produce produce and air TV commercials saying stop driving like a douche. It, it's Los Angeles. It's your God-given right to drive like a douche. It's absolutely infuriating on two levels. One, the fact that they actually are running a commercial saying drive safely. Two, that I'm fucking paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, speaking of that stuff, speaking of money, uh, I talked a little bit about the NFL last week because uh, the whole Super Bowl kerfluffle that came out because I, I'm in the music industry. So they had approached musicians, et cetera, and asked them to please, would they consider paying to uh, play the Super Bowl? Um, that really annoyed me. And a friend of the show, Brian Blondell, then sent me an infuriating link. Did you know? <laughs> did you know that the NFL is a nonprofit and is exempt from federal taxes? Are you kidding me? They make $9.5 billion per year in revenue, and they are exempt from federal taxes. How the hell did they swing that? Uh, an arcane tax code change that eased the 1966 merger of the NFL with the old American Football League landed the new combined entity in Section 501, parentheses, C6 of the tax code designated as an industry association. <sighs> so they get out of paying taxes, $9.5 billion dollars and not a penny penny going to going into the coffers here this is wrong this needs to be changed it's absolutely ridiculous i mean it makes me mad enough that jesus gets off and now we got uh, people i mean people do think nfl is a religion so maybe that's how they they swing it but it's still that's that's kind of crappy yeah it, it's it's beyond crappy i'm annoyed hulk smash <laughs> uh, just a just a quick follow up. Jurassic Park is indeed twenty years old. It came out in nineteen ninety three, and so it's twenty one years old. All right. Well, you guys are up to do it for your pod then. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> and I stumbled across another link that I thought was really interesting. Um, who owns your iTunes library after death? Digital assets and death are uh, kind of a an ongoing thing, and it's going to be really interesting. Um, there's a lot of laws about things like photo photos, photogs. <laughs> Photos, audio, video, images, sounds, computer source codes, computer programs, software, software licenses, etc., which basically can be passed on. However, in all the uh, stuff that we don't read, the end-user license agreements for things like Kindle, iTunes, Spotify, etc., blah, 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 uh, basically you're licensing it for personal use only. You don't actually own it, and you cannot pass it down to your offspring or whoever you might want to pass things on to. Um, this is kind of an interesting place we're going with all this sort of stuff. So, you know, it used to be we bought our music, we bought our CDs, we bought our records. Those things would get passed on. Now that everything is not physical, uh, we're finding out that uh, basically all these entities are saying, no, nope, you don't own it and you can't pass it on. Uh, one way that people are – well, lawyers are coming up with to get around these things is that you should actually create a trust account and then put your credit cards and all that sort of thing in your trust and then purchase everything that you buy from that entity. And in that case, you can actually make a legal challenge saying that these are not owned by any one person but by a trust. But then again, they also say that in the end-user license agreements, it basically says that you are agreeing to uh, do all this stuff as an individual, not as an entity. So – it's a bunch of lawyer fuckery going on. Yeah, there's going to be uh, – I think there will be a few court cases around this going forward. But if you if you are buying digital goods, just 
get used to the fact that you're renting them. Yeah. You know, if you if you want to have something to pass on to your kids that's digital, then just buy the physical version if you can still get the physical version in a few years. <laughs> Books are getting increasingly hard, but and you're definitely not going to go out and buy any CDs. No. So, no. But, you know, it, this is an ongoing thing about what happens after you die. And I I tackled it a while ago trying to make that site death vault where you could pass on, you know, documents after you kick the bucket, but this is a little different. Um, and I was listening to the Podcasters Roundtable this week, which I think this will be the last episode of the Podcasters Roundtable I listened to. They had an open mic and somebody was asking about – or they were talking about legacy. Like they're, they're making a podcast so that their kids can hear all their dumb shit ideas 30 years down the line after they're gone. Yeah. And they're like, well, how do I keep it up when I'm dead? And like we got nowhere to put it and none of these people even thought about – uh, archive.org, which is, <laughs> you know, right now our podcasts are up there, yeah. which will last as long as archive.org lasts. Who knows about that one either? You know, all this stuff, there's no, there's no blueprint for what's going to happen. You know, the archive.org could be the next library of, Ang- or library of, uh, Alexandria. Yeah. You know, just it could just, and it's, it's, and it's in the middle of San Francisco, which is probably the dumbest place to put it. <laughs> so yeah, there are options out there, but, uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to get infuriated, if you're a podcaster, go listen to the podcasters roundtable and waste some time because those guys have given me absolutely zero useful information yet. So this I is mean, my public service announcement. If you want to be a podcaster, skip that podcast. I, I made the mistake of actually listening to that particular episode because you dropped it in the show notes. Um, I can't believe I went 20 minutes in. They hadn't said a single thing that was actually useful. Um, some some gem nuggets. A retweet is a pretty good indicator that someone might want to share your podcast. Really? Because <laughs> a retweet is them actually sharing your podcast, you fucking idiots. No. <laughs> Anyways. It was, Utter, utterly clueless. It, it, utterly was, it, was actually, clueless. it was absolutely horrible. Uh, but things that aren't horrible, John Oliver put up a web exclusive. Uh, I guess they were off for a week or so, so they decided to put something up, which is smart. And it is very, very funny, and it's all about uh, clickbaits and uh, all that sort of stuff, and well worth the watch. And I love the title. John Oliver literally destroys pinatas. And now that we know that literally means absolutely nothing. Yes, that was it, uh, it is a it is a useless word that should be just taken out of the lexicon. But yeah, there was a good double whammy. I mean, the, the writers over there are just spot on with everything that's going on right now. So it's very good. Good stuff. Yeah, I was I was expecting 10 ways to beat the crap out of a pinata. But <laughs> no. yeah, they could have done it as a listicle. But that, uh, you know, whatever. It's good enough. Uh, I stumbled across a very old link. I used to read uh, Newsweek. My parents used to get that magazine basically weekly. So just even seeing the the Newsweek header brought me back a little bit. But uh, this this is an article that kind of was unearthed and been passed around a little bit this week from way back in 2001. Time to do everything except think uh, by Newsweek staff. So apparently didn't care about attribution even back then. Uh, it's a really funny, interesting article that talks about uh, this this future in which nobody will be able to do anything because they're all going to be playing around with their technology all the time and uh, never have time to sit and think about anything. Except for the actual uh, tech products that they mention, like Palm handhelds that play music <laughs> that we'll all be using, uh, it is spot on. Yep. It is absolutely spot on to exactly what we're doing right now. It hits a nail right on the head. Yeah. So this they, is a great read. I definitely recommend it. It's short, so you can get back to not thinking after you're done reading it. <laughs> exactly. If you have the time to actually read it while you're not doing 2,000 other things on your palm. 
So Facebook is coming out against the, you know, all of the stuff about how Messenger has these draconian rules and it's, you know, recording you all the time and and sucking your voice in all the time. They just put out they put out a little blog post saying no. Seriously, no. no. We're not doing that. And the big problem is that uh, the, the thing that started the whole ball rolling is Google's app permissions mm-hmm. are horribly worded yeah. and make it look like, you know, okay, if you give us permission, we can rape your daughter. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not the case. Wow, I did not see that in the uh, end user license agreement, but okay. <laughs> Page 47, subclause C. It's in the really tiny type. Yeah, I, I guess I skipped that page. So I, um, there's a post on Naked Security that I'll link to, and it's funny. They de- they definitely talk about you know bad reporting on Huffington Post and others. Go oh, shocker. Yeah, shocking. I mean, uh, Facebook. You know, Facebook sucks. Facebook Messenger sucks. Splitting Messenger out so it's a separate app is annoying as all hell. Uh, but they're not after your children. Here's the thing, though. If you read the Naked Security post, they actually have some really good points in there about why it's been split out and why it's actually a good idea. That, that do make sense. It's like, okay, the Facebook app needed all these excessive permissions because it did have the Messenger component built in. Yeah. Once they took out Messenger, then they could take out those security requirements and it didn't need to access your camera and it didn't need to access your microphone, thereby making the Facebook app actually more secure than the Messenger app. So if you don't need Messenger and you just want to use Facebook, you don't have to give up as many permissions. Oh, well, there you go. Look at that. Also, it might give them, you know, since there are two separate teams now, like one's working on Messenger, one's working on Facebook. This is just my, you know, my analysis. We might get better somebody apps. Might, somebody might actually be able to make the Facebook app not suck so much. <laughs> that might happen. And, of course, we're just going to pretend that it has absolutely nothing to do with them not wanting you, you guys to be using WhatsApp or other messaging programs. Yeah, and they're saying that on the Messenger app, people respond 20% faster because it is its standalone app with its standalone notifications. So if you're not mixing notifications, then you know that does make sense. So, oh, I, this is a Messenger notification. So you know it's a, it, it does have a good take and makes you think about, eh, this might actually not be a bad idea for Facebook even though I'll never use it. <laughs> I, I don't have Facebook actually on any of my apps now so uh, or on any of my devices. So it's so much nicer and my battery lasts forever. Well, that'll leave it to me then. Uh, I've definitely noticed that Facebook is faster since they split it. And I do have a few people that write me on Messenger for some god-awful annoying reason. And uh, the Messenger app is fast. Uh, I do get the things quicker. It's easier to respond. I'm just annoyed because I don't like change. Well, that's because you're old and grumpy. Comment of the week. Before we get to the comment of the week, I just want to say something real quick. Podcasts are a relationship. We spend uh, our time building a show and giving it to the peoples. Free. And for free. And then they give us, you know, some feedback back, which is why we always do the comment of the week because it's nice to, so they can get, you know, be in the discussion. Yeah. Now, there's a new breed of people out there. You, you remember the grammar Nazi, right? Yes. You've got to have a friend who's a grammar Nazi. Oh, I have many. And they're the worst people on the planet. You could have been, you could have be Hemingway and have written the greatest American novel, and if you misplace a comma, they shit all over it. I reject your argument because you put two spaces after the period, and here's a link why you shouldn't do that. So when we spend all this time and we get what is now the podcast Nazi bitching every week about something that is inconsequential to the amount of entertainment they get from the show, <laughs> it really kind of – you know it's a bummer. And there have been points in time when I've wanted to quit the show because I was just tired of it. And now, you know what? I've, I've, 
I'm fine with it. You know what? Bitch all you want. I'm just going to ignore it. Well, and uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. I want to. I want to point out something that uh, Tara Brown posted this week, or Tara Tiger Brown. Hey, you got it, mentioned it again, Tara. <laughs> we'll get her on the show at some point. <laughs> um, there's an excellent video by Dan Savage, the relationship expert, called "The Price of Admission," and it talks about relationships and how you can't sweat the small things in because at that point you might miss out on the greater relationship. Right. So if, you know, your, your, your uh, significant other chews with their mouth open, but they're the best lay in the world, then you just kind of deal with it. So and if you have, you know, if you have those items that are deal breakers, make that list really small and then just put up with the other shit. Don't complain and have a great relationship. So that's all I'm going to say about the podcast Nazis of the world. Feel free to keep writing us, but we're going to ignore it. I, I got a couple comments on that, actually. I, my first thought was that um, in our rush because of the internet, first off, it's super easy just to be a douche and to jot off something and pick on things. That's a lot easier than writing something that's like, oh, I really enjoyed it and here's why. It's just easier. Uh, the internet has sped things up and in our rush to to shorten and speed things up and, and you know bitly links and all that sort of stuff, we have dropped the constructive from the constructive cons- criticism. It is just criticism now. That's what the internet is. We, there's, the constructive has been dropped because that takes too damn long. Uh, and the other thought is – and this kind of depresses me, and I'll tell you why it depresses me in a second. But there's a great Ricky Gervais Audi ad. Unbelievably, this nugget is in an advertisement, and I want you all to watch it. We're going to have the link in our show notes. But basically, it comes down to uh, Ricky Gervais just has a has a kid in the back of his car. The kid is reading all the internet, uh, you know, the Twitter trolling that he gets, and he basically just says, you know, getting getting crapped on just means I'm doing something right. So that's my final thought on that. The reason that depresses me is, and this shows you where we're at with content on the internet these days. Uh, an ad had more weight, more interest, more production, more humor than 99% of actual programming that's made these days. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a fantastic short little ad. You have to watch it. Yeah. It's so good. But and I bring all this stuff up because when we get great pieces of comments back from the audience – it's fantastic. Well, that's we what, love it and we appreciate it so much because we put so much work into this and it makes us feel great that we're actually reaching people and they're enjoying it. Oh, well, that's what makes me keep doing it because God knows we're not getting paid. No doubt about that. <laughs> that is why I do it. It's for, it's, for the, it's for the people that tell us we're doing a good job. It's for the people that tell us they enjoyed it. It's for the people that want to share things with us. That is why we do this. And it is a relationship and a conversation. So, And this week, we've got two new comments from the UK. Phil B. Birch writes, If you've ever burst a blood vessel in your face when dealing with clients who think they know more than you, WordPress, or working in the digital social world of the developer, designer, or community manager, you need this in your life. Great tips on every area of the industry from two veterans without the buzzword spam. Loving your work, guys. Keep it up. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate Thank, it. Thanks, Phil. That's awesome. And we also had another one uh, from SDZ123, also from the UK. Hopefully you guys aren't being blown up right now. Cynical rambling, and it's great. Five stars. We do love the five stars. Interesting, uncensored spiel from two grumpy old geeks. I really enjoy the show and find myself agreeing often, so please keep up the good work. Well, thanks, man. We will. Or woman. Can't tell. Well, I think it would be SDZ123. SD, oh, yes. I'm sorry. SDZ123. So thanks, guys, and keep up the comments. We love them, and any five stars you want to throw our way, we are greatly appreciated because it keeps us up in the ranks so everybody else can find us too. In the news. 
Everybody's been freaking out about how Facebook is tweaking their algorithm and controlling it. Shocking. Uh, and now Twitter is doing it, too, by inserting uh, tweets, favorited tweets, or whatever they're deciding to call it, that uh, are from people that you don't follow because they've decided that you'd be interested in it. Uh, first off, you don't pay for it. It's their right. they got to make money somehow. Secondly, uh, eh, I, I don't know. I'm starting to think that we do need gatekeepers on these services because uh, the outside, the third parties, have figured out this clickbait thing so damn well, we're getting fucking killed by it. It's making my, these services useless because all we're seeing is – well, not anymore because Facebook has taken a stand against it. All we were seeing was stupid clickbait articles that meant nothing and went to nothing. Yeah, I don't really have that problem. I mean, yeah, Facebook kills them, but I don't read Facebook that often. And yeah. Twitter, Twitter's issue is I only follow people who generally don't post crap like that, so that's <laughs> not an issue. And the greatest thing that you can do in Twitter is – Every person that you follow, you can go to their profile and there's a little setting switch and you can say mute retweets. So if they retweet a lot, then yeah. you can just turn that off. You can still follow what they have to say, but you can turn it off. So that kills so much more noise. So if somebody goes on a, you know, a rant then, or a retweet rant like when Ferguson was going on, <laughs> I would just you know, mute them. The, the bane of my existence is you know, people who still use the RT retweet. It's just like, come on, guys. Seriously, stop it. <laughs> I, I can I can actually do I, a I use that oopsies yeah douche <laughs> um, so I can create a filter in Tweetbot that does you know mute on RT colon the problem is I don't always use Tweetbot yeah so that's that's the downside of that so you know I I think what I think what Facebook is doing is fantastic oh honestly, I, I agree completely because it just kills the noise because so many people post those what what city should you be I'm like I don't give a fuck because I'm not a city. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, Facebook has gotten so much better. There was a period of time where it was just completely useless to me and and now it's back to what it should be for me. So I'm I'm happy they did it. And I'm Well, told. here's here, well, here's the thing. I it's always been the same for me because when I go I view by most recent top stories, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um if you're using top stories then it probably does impact you more, but I think they're stripping things that even in the show most recent like they're just cutting those links out. Like oh yeah! If, if yeah. you posted it, I don't see it. Exactly, they are doing which that. you know honestly defeats the purpose of show everything by recency. <laughs> so um, I just stay away from Facebook now. I, I check it once every two days. So if you message me there, don't expect a reply. Okay. In, in, in any you know reasonable time frame. Gotcha. Uh, so Silicon Valley needs to take notice of something. Uh, we, you and I as developers have gone through this period of time. It's, it's slowed down a bit, but certainly like the past, I'd say four or five years, every single client that we probably talked to was like, we need to have an app. We got to have an app. Of course, we don't want to pay for the app and we're not going to give you money to do it, but we got to have an app, an app, an app, an app, an app. <laughs> um, the, that's, that was all the rage. And then we've, I mean, this very show, we had an entire segment where we're, all we did was talk about apps that basically just disappeared immediately because people got sick of them really quickly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Silicon Valley is based on apps. Everything is about apps. Well, guess what? <laughs> Almost nobody downloads apps. We have some metrics on mobile apps and, and how well they're doing. Uh, most smartphone users download Guess how many, Jason? Zero. Zero apps per month. And yes, 65.5% of smartphone users never, ever, ever download apps. They've got their Facebook, they've got their Twitter, they've got their instant messaging app, and that is it. They never get anything else ever. 8.4% uh, get one, 8.9% get two, 6.2% get three, and so on and, and so, so forth. On, yes. So, on. so here's the thing I've gotten, I mean, my mom has an iPhone. Yeah. My dad has an iPhone. My stepmom has an iPhone. 
they have no idea what an app is or how to get one, and they don't care. They honestly don't care. So this just kind of shows how the market's skewed for like the, you know the the it's basically the power law where you just you know a small segment is responsible for all of the downloads, and there's only so much money that can, is going to go into that pool. Yeah. So, and so. it seems to be like it's you know. It's always been a race to the bottom in price because nobody's got any money because they bought so many damn apps. But it's <laughs> yeah. interesting, yeah. Yeah, and so if you're considering being an app developer, you might want to rethink that. Oh, that's been that's been a topic for like 2 years now. Yeah. You you can't make a living as an app is a uh, independent app developer almost anymore. You have to have a home run and most people don't have home runs. Exactly. And most apps are crappy. It's just like websites. Yep. Well, that was the segment title. Your app is crap. <laughs> Um, I got some more uh, not good news. Uh, science is still out yet, but this is from the We Are All Fucked file. <laughs> uh, new studies are coming out, and the industry doesn't want to admit it, but the science is becoming clear. Sustained EMF exposure is dangerous. So your cell phone is killing you, as is everything else that's surrounding you. Yeah. Well, remember we did a uh, a piece on the article from it was from somewhere in Scandinavia where the – the girls did the experiment with, with the, the Wi-Fi routers yeah. and the plants, mm-hmm. and basically the plants next to the Wi-Fi routers would die. Yeah, we're we're you know meat plant bags of water meaty stuff, so <laughs> tends to tends to kind of go along with it that it'll eventually kill us. But you know what? We're going to die anyway. That's Fuck true. it. We're all going to die. I'd rather anyways, I'd rather but, live uh, with Netflix for ten years less than without. So <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? Fuck it. Well, there's a good wrap up of uh, an article. It's in the show notes. Uh, it's over at Salon, and it's got a direct link. They finally did that from the what they actually took it from. So it's a really good read if you if you're into this sort of thing. Uh, basically, jury's out. We know it's not good, but we can't prove it yet because the stuff takes twenty to thirty years to develop. So in twenty years, when we all have head cancer, that's why. It'll, you know, it can be good for us. That's all I got. I mean, Penn and Teller did one of the early bullshits about cell phone radiation. And basically what they pointed out was the wavelength was too long to actually uh, affect any of our cells. But there's so many different things that we have now since that show. And that show was just about cell phones. And now our cell phones have GPS radios. They've got Bluetooth radios. They've got Wi-Fi radios. They've got cell radios. So <laughs> – there's a lot more waves coming out of those well, things, and, and and we're just surrounded by Wi-Fi yeah, all the time. We're surrounding ourselves with it as the Internet of Things keeps developing. Everything's got everything is emitting EMF radiation now. Your fridge is probably emitting it if you've got a new one. So here's the deal: when you, at least when I go to bed at night, I turn off everything electronic in my room. <laughs> I, I told you before when I used to sleep with my phone next to my head, I would wake up fuzzier the next day. I turn everything off and I sleep better. Yeah, I, I mean it could be the placebo effect. It could be. But I do it, and it works for me. Give it a shot if you want, if you're, you know, or put your tinfoil hat on when you go to bed, and you'll be all all better. (laughs) So another little thing that came out yesterday is Google shows off the Project Wing. It should have been called Project X-Wing in my book, but they beat Amazon to the punch with delivery drones. They actually have working delivery drones now, which are – Functioning in in the wild, actually being deployed? Being tested. Okay. Okay. Being tested in Australia, which is the perfect place because, you know, there's no law in Australia. Fuck it. <laughs> That's true. The worst thing you have to worry about is people throwing beer cans at it. And it's pretty cool. It's a vertical takeoff type of system that then turns into like a flying wing mm-hmm. so it can go farther and faster. And then it goes back to vertical delivery and just basically drops <laughs> drops your package down on a string with a magnet on it, lets go of it, take sucks up the string again, and then goes back home. That is it pretty is, awesome. 
I got to say, when I saw this, I, I looked at the design and I'm like, that is, that is a great idea. Just the way that they designed the actual wing itself is so cool. Mm-hmm. So check out the video. They got a two and a half minute video of them delivering dog treats in Australia. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> it I got to say. It is pretty cool. I can't wait. This is going to be really interesting when they, when they actually get this off the ground. Literally so, off the ground. <laughs> yes, literally. Yeah, but I'm chink. Literally. Literally. You <laughs> um, remember that that uh, post a couple? I think it was a year ago when they were talking about there's they were trying to develop evidence that we're actually living in a hologram. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still working on that, and apparently they're working on it right down the street for me over at Fermilab. No, oh, cool. And we'll see what comes of this. I'm just I I'm putting it in the show notes. Go have a read. I don't want to get too deep into it. I love but this stuff. I, I love this sort of stuff. It's yeah, amazing. I mean. Yeah, if we're all in a hologram, geez, that would be so bizarre. How would that work? It just makes your brain hurt thinking about it. So on the last bit about brain hurt, mm-hmm. these guys have figured out how to do brain-to-brain communication non-invasively, so you don't have to drill a hole in your head, over distance. Isn't, isn't that what we call everything? Without your mouth and oh. your eyes. Or you basically, hands. Yes. They, okay. they you plug you in, stick you in a dark room, and then you can – you know, communicate with the other person. It's very rudimentary, but they've got it going. There's a, we're actually linking to the, you know, the medical article on on PubMed. Which is kind of undecipherable. (laughs) Well, it is. If you you might have to read it a few times, but it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I think it's cool. No, I think it's cool too. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome to just sit there and go, want to take a, uh, let's go get a beer without saying anything. (laughs) Well, imagine how we do a podcast then. It's just you and I, and then everybody can just tap into the trunk line, and then we don't have to edit audio anymore. <laughs> Great. I'm down with that. <laughs> Except there's a good reason that we edit, because the shit that we say sometimes is not meant for public consumption. Oopsies. Security. Ha! Huh. Do you like Dairy Queen? Uh, I used to love the Blizzard when I was a kid, but then I decided I didn't want to be 7,000 pounds. <laughs> well, uh, if you do like Dairy Queen and have gone recently, chances of your card getting stolen are pretty high. Oh, boy. And it looks like it's the same kind of hack that they used on UPS, you know, this P- this POS hack that's been going around where they install the POS point-of-sale software with using default credentials and don't lock it down. Yeah. And the thing about the DQ hack is that they are not treating it as well as the UPS hack. They were just like, eh, not a thing, but – Fraud protection agencies were going off the charts saying that, no, no, we have correlation between multiple Dairy Queens and cards being stolen and, you know, they're printing fakes and often using them. So not good. And uh, Dairy Queen made a little announcement saying, "Uh, well, yeah, the Secret Service got in touch with us. We're looking into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no transparency. Yes. Well, you guys, you know, just just cop to it so people can do what they can do as quickly as possible to try to stop their identities from getting stolen. Yeah, the faster the faster you respond, the less open you are to damages. Right. I agree. So that was Dairy Queen. Now let's talk about somebody that should know better. Mozilla. <laughs> you are a tech company. <laughs> you work in this space. Uh, apparently Mozilla left thousands of email addresses and passwords just lying around on a server that was not locked down in any way, shape, or form. And it's not the first time. No, and this is actually worse than the first time. There are a lot more email addresses and, ha- and passwords that are out there. Now, they're not – they're encrypted passwords, but we don't know if they're salted, hashed or whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, like 93,000 of them because it was part of the Bugzilla uh, beta program 
and which, they just had them lying around. Which I was in, so I'm a little worried about this one now. <laughs> well, you use one password, so you shouldn't be. That's true. Actually, I was in it a long time ago. I didn't, but I don't use any of those passwords anymore, so I'm safe. Man, and Bugzilla was terrible. I hate Bugzilla. Me too. Ugh. It was a nightmare. And uh, J.P. Morgan and a bunch of other banks have been hacked, and uh, they're looking at Russia right now to see if they're the culprits. <laughs> which Russia, is interesting. China, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, several gigabytes of data were stolen from these banks, and it's just going to keep on happening. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, and I've got a bit of good news. Hmm. Finally, finally, a bit of good news about WordPress. <laughs> uh huh. Wait for it. Automatic. <laughs> Automatic has acquired Brute Protect, which yeah. is a company that you know makes a plugin. They had a pr- uh, basically a premium plugin that you could you could get a free version and a premium version mm-hmm. that would help keep your WordPress. Uh, site safe from right. attacks logins uh yeah denial of service stuff no. yeah it's 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 one of the things that we talked about last time like i was talking about WordFence last time yeah and so now i've got three i've got four security plugins running on every damn wordpress site i've got <laughs> i've got security i've got WordFence, i've got brute protect and i've got anti-malware scanner right and the nice thing about Brute Protect is it doesn't annoy me with emails all the time, but it gives me a little badge on my WordPress dashboard that says how many attacks have been prevented. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're up to 175 in two days on the Grumpy Old Geek site. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, several thousand on some of my other sites. So, you know, I've, I think I'm overprotected at this point, but uh, I'd rather no be overprotected thing, than underprotected, yes. That's true. I think we need to uh, get together. We need to make a plugin that does all of, the, all of these things really, really well so we can get down to one and we'll call it Butt Protect. Butt Protect. <laughs> uh, you were waiting all day to use that one. I was, you? I was. <laughs> so, I'm glad Automatic is at least stepping up here finally to put some kind of protection in here. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, hopefully it won't suck, but they're making it part of they're making it free and part of Jetpack, which is their free plugin suite with some upsells. But uh, this one, I think they're going to make totally free. And the Brute Protect site has already turned off the premium account and made all of accounts all of the accounts premium. So you can go get it now and start protecting yourself. Yeah. And then when it flips over to Jetpack, just make sure Jetpack's installed and it'll they'll have some kind of flip over. And they even have managed to do that without releasing all your usernames and passwords to everyone. Shh, the day is young. <laughs> Now, this, this next one is really interesting because um, the, the government has caught somebody who has been on the run for 14 years mm-hmm. by using facial recognition. Yep. This is one of the – really the, this, the first times that this has happened with this particular set of facial recognition technologies. Basically, the government has been putting facial recognition into passport scanners mm-hmm. to look for fake passports. Right. And they caught a dude in Nepal, in the U.S. Embassy in Nepal, that was processing a, a passport update. Yeah, a uh, regular extension to his tourist visa. And this was off of a picture that was uh, taken in 1999. Which is pretty insane. Yeah, it's kind of creepy crazy. But, I mean, it, so this is where you, you have both sides of the argument. Yes, it can catch bad guys. But what can it do to good guys? Yeah, since, what, they're, since I don't have any proof about what it can do to good guys, you know, you have to go with, okay, we caught a bad guy with it. Plus I, I, suspe- I suspected bad guy, I might add. A suspected but, bad guy, yes. But, but a suspected really bad guy. But, uh, you know, like, I, I always wonder, like, if you're a criminal, did you never, ever watch any cop shows in the 70s? Did you never, ever watch The Fugitive? The first thing you do is you change your hair color. 
Change your hair color, grow a mustache, and gain 50 pounds. Yes. This is not fucking rocket science, criminals. Well, that's the thing about facial recognition is it's supposed to, it's you supposed know. supposed to get it anyways, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if you gain 50 pounds, that's going to create some significant differences, I'd think, or lose a ton of weight, one or the other. Well, it, the one things, the things that aren't going to change are the spacing between your eyes, the point of your nose, and different bone structures that good facial recognition is meant to see past. All right. Also, get in a bar fight so somebody breaks your nose. There you go. Yeah, crooked nose. At the library. I uh, finally finished book number two of Margaret Atwood's dystopian trilogy, uh, The Year of the Flood. It was really good. This one was hard to get into. I loved, loved, loved the first one, Oryx and Crake. Um, and she left on such a cliffhanger. And then Year of the Flood starts up with completely new characters in a completely new place, except you eventually find out that they aren't really new characters. And she tied it all together really, really well and left me hanging so much that I. It was like one in the morning last night when I finished, and I bought the third one immediately and started reading it. Okay, um, no spoilers. I'm halfway through the first book, and I'm loving it. Okay. But no spoilers. All right, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, you're the flood. Really, really good. Don't let it throw you at the beginning. Okay. Deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Oryx and Crake. I'm really liking. Yeah, it was, it's. It's. I can't believe that I read that Oryx and Crake years and years and years ago, and I never knew that she had followed it up. So I'm. I'm super excited. And yeah, second one was great as well. Can't wait for the third one. So I finished No Place to Hide, uh, Edward Snowden, The NSA and the U.S. Surveillance State by Glenn Greenwald. I am glad that you read it, so I don't have to. Oh my God, is that a good book? <laughs> it is. It. I mean, it documents the entire thing from before they met Snowden to up until fairly close to recent. Right. And the 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 interesting thing about the book that they go into is more. I mean, not so much about you know what happened with Snowden. Most of that stuff is public knowledge. Now we've read about it in the articles. Some of the behind the scenes is actually pretty interesting on that. What, Gre- what Greenwald really does, though, is talk about what it means to be in a surveillance state with always on surveillance and how it changes people's behavior right? and how that they've, they've crafted this system to be you know, a surveillance state. And he talks about the Panopticon, which was like an early uh, surveillance model for a building. It's, it's really cool. There's some really cool history on surveillance in there. I really recommend picking up this book, and and even you, you should read it. Oh, I'm probably going to. I was more kidding because you can give me the uh, the overview. So, yeah, no. And by the time I was done, yeah, it was it was a it was quite disturbing about what they did to him and uh, Poitras and uh, his uh, man friend. Uh, what do you call that? His partner. I'm sorry, his partner. Man friend. <laughs> um, I was looking for the word partner. I was I'm slow. Um, but everything that they they got put through with you know being slammed by media and the government and yeah. it's it's a crazy ride. I definitely recommend picking this up. It's not a long book and you can you can pop through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And I really dug it. I mean, total thumbs up. Well, I didn't think I was going to like it, but I really did. Well, I mean, say what you will about Snowden himself or the whole situation. Uh, one thing that you can't deny is Glenn Grinwald is a fantastic writer. So I am looking forward to reading this because I've always enjoyed uh, his writing. So it can't be bad. Yeah, definitely worth the worth the read. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last thing I found this week was <laughs> it, this is this isn't really a book, but it's uh, a video of William Gibson talking about coining the term cyberspace. <laughs> this is a scary video. I I didn't picture him as being this old and and crotchety and scary. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? He's really? A, he's a total get off my lawn kind of guy. I thought he was younger. 
No, 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 no. He's been around forever. He was not young when he started writing all the, all these books, all these books about uh, you know cyberspace and everything. And you know, he, he's a crotchety old man now that doesn't feel like he's getting his due some of the time. Even though, I mean, he is. I mean, everybody loves him. Everybody reads his books. We're into it. <laughs> yeah, I've read his books multiple. I mean, some of the old ones I haven't read multiple times, but I have. I do have Neuromancer in the queue. Yeah. I got like a little bit into it, but like the Big End trilogy, I've read all those books at least three times because they're so fantastic. Yeah, uh, Gibson's a great writer. He's just yeah, he's get off my virtual lawn, which doesn't mean anything. So <laughs> uh, we'll put the video in the show notes. Check it out. Software apps and gadgets. I have found the Christmas present that I want from someone. I'm so excited about this. We have talked a lot on the show about uh, you know different w- workflow methods that we use, and the, you and I have had a lot of debate about. Uh, I love my moleskin. I love physical. I love the act of writing. I think it it does a better job for me in terms of just scribbling out concepts or even just my, you know planning out my day. You've been very digital. I think we found something that we're both going to like. I'm so excited. The moleskin is going digital. They've made a partnership with a company called Livescribe, which does digital smart pens. And basically, you've got a moleskin that you can write with their pen on, and it just goes magically into your iPad or whatever you want to do. You can do anything you want. You can capture audio with it. This is beyond fantastic. I want one so bad, I'm hurting. Now, technically, you can do this right now. Yes. But you, you, know, you have to get their notebooks. Yeah. So now you'll be able to do it with a moleskin notebook. Yes. I'm, I'm very excited. I love moleskin. I love this. I can't and wait. I, yeah, I've seen these pens around. I know people that have them and they love them. Yeah. They're just a little pricey, you know. It's like two hundred bucks. Yeah, they're, for a they're pen. not cheap. They're not cheap. Because I have a I have a pen, I have a notebook, mm-hmm. and I have a phone with a camera. So I, I can draw something, take a picture of it, and post it to Evernote if I want to. This does take a step out. Is it a two hundred dollars step worth taking out? I don't know, but it can do audio recording, which my phone can do. Mm-hmm. But it can also do uh this crazy like uh Basically, you draw and you can do a presentation with the pen. Like, you know, you draw it out and talk about it and make like a little screencast with it, which is really cool. That's the cool part I like. Yeah. But I can also do that in my iPad. I know. (laughs) But for for somebody like me who has never taken that intermediate step that you're at, I'll leap directly into it because I already use my moleskin all the time. So when the year comes up, I'll get the new notebook, I'll get the pen, and I'll basically just leapfrog straight into just doing all this stuff using a system I already use all the time. So here's a question, though. Mm-hmm. You're using your notebook all the time. What's the benefit of getting it into the computer? Um, because, you, I mean, if you use the notebook, honestly, why does it have to be in the computer as well? well? Because for things that I do that uh, I need to have in the computer, like, say, Grumpy Old Geeks, if I have an idea, I won't scribble it out in my in my moleskin because I know that I'm going to want it digital. So I'll bring up Notepad or whatever, and I'll or I'll go get my laptop or I'll get up and go. Now I'll just be able to use the moleskin for everything. I won't get up. If I'm not sitting in front of my computer already and I have an idea for the show, I can just scribble it in and boom, Bob's your uncle. Okay, because on my phone, I've got an Evernote notebook that is just for show ideas, so I put them in there. Yeah, well, I purchased Evernote and I've never, ever used it. (laughs) I can't live without Evernote. I've got thousands of notes in there and that's where, you know, just it's my brain dump just goes into Evernote. But like I said, you know, I I haven't taken that step yet, but I'm basically just going to leapfrog it now because I'll be using a system I'm used to, so – and speaking of systems, I, I, I wanted to do a quick update on my whiteboard mm-hmm. experiment. Yeah. I had – I used the whiteboard and I put everything that I had to do on it. Right. You know? Yeah. After a week, 90% of it was undone. <laughs> so I've switched. I've taken my old school note that I used to write myself at night when I go to bed mm-hmm. and say these are the top five things that must be done tomorrow. 
Now that's all on the whiteboard. It's half of the whiteboard is dedicated to that. So literally it's at the foot of my bed. So when I get up in the morning, I see the things that have to be done in the order that they need to be done. And the other half of it is for notes and scribbling and jotting out, you know, SQL schemas and, you know, logic for apps that I'm writing and shit like that. Right. Turns out to be, this is a great system. I'm loving it so far. I'm only a couple days in, so I'll tell you next week if it works, if I stick with it. <laughs> All right. Media Candy. Hey, ladies. Guess who's on Tinder? Want to bag a rock star? <laughs> a kind of baggy, frumpy, large rock star with dreadlocks that smell really bad? Counting Crows frontman Adam Duritz explains why nobody can find him on Tinder. First off, he's on Tinder. Secondly, he explains that nobody can find him because of his age range. So uh, you, long, you young ladies that want a rock star, search for 50 and up. Okay, don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but Yeah. And uh, other ridiculous news. Uh, Neil and Peggy Young divorce after 36 years of marriage. Um, I have a joke. I feel bad about it, but I'm going to do it anyways. Sources close to the couple say they overheard her say, I can't fucking believe you're pouring more money into that stupid pono. No one's ever going to buy that. It looks like a fucking Toblerone. See, next time, don't preface it by saying I have a joke. Just do the joke, man. I know. I should have just done the joke, but, you know, I feel bad. Tobler, own it. (laughs) I love Neil Young, and, you know, nobody knows what's going on in their personal life, but it's still funny. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck that pono. Uh, I also sat and finally watched the Miss Mythbusters finale. Uh, it bummed me out because, as we talked about, they're getting rid of the B team and I like them. But anyways, it was probably the best episode they've done in ages because of the plane boarding tests. They actually tested the methods of boarding planes. As we all know, almost every airline in the world does back to front by row. And they've discovered that, that is the least effective in terms of time and is one of the most frustrating methods that everyone uses. And they test about five different methods, all of which are quicker and better. I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> now, you wonder what the psychology of the airlines are because they know that there are different methods. Yeah. And some of them have tested different methods, but they keep going back to the old one. Yeah. Well, now, now here's the deal. Do they try and make you pissed off at the beginning of the flight so at when you're in the air, yeah. you have a better experience because you're already happy? I mean you're already miserable and then the flight makes you happy, Yeah, which we know never works. But, I mean, that could be the psychology that they're you know, misguided by. Who knows? But, it yes, it was, a great, it was a great episode and I hope somebody takes up the new mantle of the proper way to board a plane. Are you listening, Richard Branson? <laughs> yeah. The one thought I did have later on, which might possibly explain it, is all the other methods methods basically involve breaking up window aisle and um and middle so you board at different times if you're all in the window you board the windows first at different zones etc etc the thing that that does is it breaks up people that are uh, traveling together so you know say you're traveling with an 11 year old son or something like that you're basically going to be split up for a short amount of time because it takes way less time to board that way that is the only thought that that it brings to mind is that the airlines don't want to break up these people and these people don't want to be broken up they want to board with with their people they're traveling with well, tough shit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, it, it's not like it's not like your kid's going to Kathmandu. He's walking down a hallway and getting on a plane. Well, and you're you know? li- you're literally cutting boarding time in half. Uh, that's worth it. <laughs> and you're raising customer satisfaction by a factor of ten. Yeah. Again, yeah. though, they also you know it is a bit of a skewed uh, a skewed sample because everybody that was there was obviously MythBusters fans, so they were in a good mood anyways. <laughs> they didn't look that like they were in a good mood by the end of that show. That's true. That's- it was all day long. <laughs> So a friend of the show, Joey Robbie, turned me on to a new – it's actually not a new series. It's been out for two seasons called Utopia. Mm -hmm. It's a UK TV series. Right. He texted me in the middle of the night. He's like, you got to check this out. I think it might be better than Sherlock. And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Can't go there. 
And and by the way, congrats to Sherlock, the Sherlock team for winning three Emmys. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Utopia is this really bizarre sci-fi show about this group of people who get around a comic book that turns out that it might be real and conspiracy theories and all sorts of stuff. I don't want to talk about it too much and ruin any plot points, but there's 12 episodes, two seasons, six episodes per season. Loved it. Second season is even better than the first season, which is rare. Look at Orphan Black for that. And I love the show. I cannot recommend it enough. I heard that they might be airing it on BBC America soon. Oh, exciting. I'll watch it. But it's going to be cut to hell then. That's true. There's lots of swearing and boobies and stuff. (laughs) So that was an upside. The interesting thing is the first season has been optioned by HBO and David Fincher is doing the project. So that gives you an idea of how good the story is. Yeah, it's got to be great then. That's interesting. So definitely check it out if you can. I will. And if you're in the UK, you probably already saw it. So, <laughs> The other thing making the rounds this week, which I really, really am torn on, is the, the question of did Tony Soprano die at the end of The Sopranos? Mm-hmm. Now, there's now a controversy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I think this is people being frustrated over clickbait more than anything else. Well, I mean – there's a 5,000-word piece on Vox, and yep. at the end, I'm going to – here's spoiler alert. You can fast forward two minutes if you don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But the the headline is a question, and whenever the headline is a question, the answer is no. That's right. Okay? The answer is no. And David Chase came out and said, oh, I was misquoted. It's out of context. The The answer is much bigger than you know. we can say. It's all about creativity and imagination and thought experiments. I'll say, Bullshit. Did he die or not? That's all I want to know. <laughs> and – well, my thought on it is it doesn't matter anymore. If I, I don't care what the creator says about the creation if he's not actively involved in the creation. If he wants to answer the question, he needs to make another episode. End of story. And he, and he can't because Tony Soprano, in fact, is dead. Yes. So therefore, I guess he so, didn't die. There you go. Done. Now, there's the rest of the kerfuffle that comes around it is comes from Saved You a Click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never actually checked out Saved You a Click. We talked about it, but I never checked it out until now because The Verge put out this vitriolic rant. Yeah, they got butthurt. Oh, they got so butthurt. And that's the name of the episode. So butthurt. Gotta be. <laughs> it's gotta and, be. Now, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the, the Verge just goes on and on. It's like, you are a terrible human being and all this because, you know, they just said, is Tony Soprano dead? No. I I laughed more at this Verge article than anything I've laughed at in a long time. It's just like if you take everything with a grain of salt, it's like, well, here, don't don't look at Saved You a Click if you don't want to know the answers to simple, stupid questions. Yeah. And B, shut the hell up and get over it. Why did you need 5,000 words around a one-word answer? Yeah. I, so I, yeah. And- <laughs> so uh, as I was reading this The Verge article, the, the very long, very whiny, I, very – Oh, God, article. Uh, I threw on Ken Burns' The War because I had just finished the baseball doc and I was into it. So uh, Ken Burns' The War is the World War II doc. Uh, I only got through the first episode last night. It was absolutely fantastic. I just want to say, though, every single whining bitch we've been discussing so far in this podcast would have been knifed in two seconds by anybody in that war and what was truly the greatest generation. These people would not have fucking whined about Saved You a Click. No, <laughs> it would have been knifed in a heartbeat. <laughs> they would have been knife bait, knife baiting. There you go. Ooh, there you go. 
I've I've seen the first episode of The War and it was good, but I just hadn't had time to go back and watch it again because it's an it's another one of those epic documentaries. It's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be working through it over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. But uh, so far, it's absolutely fantastic. It was a little hard to follow because they have you know they basically follow the lives of a few small a few a smaller group of a few people. Yeah, mm-hmm. with letters from home and pictures and all that stuff, and then follow them through the war, and. That kind of threw me off a bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it another shot. Well, that, that's exactly why I like it. I mean, we've seen enough. We know enough about World War II, especially you and I, because we're into this sort of stuff. We know we know the plot. We know the story. We've listened to Dan Carlin. We got that. So I love this approach to it because it's so different, and it, it paints such a personal, different picture of, of the war. Yeah, it definitely humanizes it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also got to throw a shout out Band of Brothers. If you want another thing to go oh. spend a day on, go watch Band of Brothers because it is the best miniseries ever made. God damn Hands that, down. That, that was so <laughs> fantastic. I have, I have not gone back to watch it since uh, since it first came out. And I'm, I'm going to have to because. Oh, you have to. Yeah, I've, I've so seen good. it like seven or eight times and it's it does not get old, period. Yeah. It does not get old. It is so good. Yeah. Uh, now I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> Would you say it has legs, Jason? I believe Band of Brothers have legs. Moron of the Week. Speaking of World War II, our Morons of the Week is the Spanish fashion retailer Zara, who marketed a children's shirt that looks remarkably like concentration camp outfits. Sticking with the World War II theme. Yeah. (laughs) You sent me this link and I looked at the shirt and there is no doubt in anyone's mind that just sees this shirt, that is a Jewish concentration camp uniform shirt period at first glance i mean yeah you have to squint and you can read the word sheriff on the badge but at first glance you're like what what <laughs> it's it is unbelievable it, uh, you guys are idiots they posted a an apology and a retraction and took it off but of course i don't know who thought that this was a good idea there had to have been meetings well there to, had to have been meetings also to be fair it's uh, the first apology came from the company's israeli office they they caught on to that one real quick oh i'm sure i'm sure Morons. Are you kidding me? I've been carrying around a, either a pager or a cell phone basically for approximately, I'd say, 20 years now. Um, and I remember feeling, you know, even if I didn't have it on me, I would feel like a twitch in my leg or I would feel a vibration with the phone on me and I'd pull out the phone and there was no messages, no alerts, no nothing. So no vibration. That used to happen to me relatively often. I have to say for the last 10 to 15 years, it has not happened. But there's an interesting article, well, not really, on Boing Boing uh, about feeling the buzz and phantom vibrations. And uh, the title is Feeling the Buzz, Where Do Phantom Phone Vibrations Come From? That excited me. I wanted to read this article, <laughs> except for the fact that they never explain it because nobody knows yet. No, they don't. <laughs> I I experience this to this day. It yeah. still happens to me, and I don't really have my phone on vibrate very often. But you know, I used to, and yeah. I used to have a pager twenty five years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wish they explained it because they say, "Well, it's probably all in our heads." No shit, it's in our heads. That's the whole point: <laughs> is that it's in our heads. Why is it in our heads? Yes, we want to know why. There's a lot of thoughts that maybe it's the anticipation of you getting alerts, so you're, then your brain makes your body react as if you're getting one. Blah blah blah. So this ended up in "Are you kidding me?" Because first off, I thought it would be really interesting, and uh, if there was an answer, it'd be an "Are you kidding me?" But now it's just "Are you kidding me?" About this being an article. <laughs> Here's a theory. Maybe we've got nerve damage from all the EMF coming off our phone to that spot in our legs and our nerves have degenerated to the point where they just shake all the time. Mm, Good callback. Like that. 
Closing shout-outs. I'd like to give a shout-out to the I Dream of TV newsletter. We talked about this on the show before. It's my friend Alana Cloutier. She puts together a, a newsletter a couple times a week about the haps that's going on in the TV world. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great read. I, there's always something that I take out of it. Before when I talked about it, I couldn't find the URL to subscribe and we were too close to showtime or whatnot. So now if you go to idreamof.tv, you can get the newsletter. I highly recommend it. Seriously, it's a it's a good newsletter if you like TV and just want to know like even what's coming up, what's going on in the business. There are some spoilers in there, but they're well marked, and I recommend it highly. Check it out. I will. Uh, show note, Jason, we might have to uh, you know pay someone to update our our GOG graphics. Why would we pay somebody? We don't have any money. No, oh, oh, that's true. We can probably get somebody in India to do it for two bucks, but we're gonna have to change it because I'm off the smokes. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, technically, I guess I'm not because I'm, I'm using the vape. Uh, I tried the e-cigarettes for a while. That was never really enough. But now I'm one of those douchebags walking around with a gigantic vape thing. But you know what? It works, so I don't care. I don't even know what a vape thing looks like. <laughs> I thought that was an e-cigarette. Uh, it was they vaping. Have, they have these gigantic bigger models that use liquid, and then it, you know, it, it basically vaporizes the liquid, and that's what you inhale. Um, it's, it's, it's been working, so I can't complain. So you've got like a Siggo bong that Pretty, you carry around with you. Yeah, it, it's big. <laughs> but oh well, whatever. It, it's working. Okay. And I've gone uh, basically five days now without, a, without an old school cigarette. Okay, now are you tapering? I'm going to – I'm getting myself used to this first and then I'm going to taper. Uh, conveniently, the, the liquids that you buy can be – are different levels of nicotine. So I've started with the medium and then I'll scale down to the smaller one and then I'll just – they also have no nicotine. So then you work your way off that. Well, good luck, sir. Good uh, luck. Thank you very much. I, I haven't been too creaky. Or too creaky. I've been <laughs> creaky because I'm a grumpy old geek. I haven't been too cranky. Except for one thing i got to say really quick. Hello Kitty is a fucking cat. Amen. It's got whiskers and it's got cat ears. Just because it doesn't walk on two legs and supposedly talks with its heart. Fuck you, it's a cat. Plus it's named Hello Kitty. <laughs> All right, I'm not so grumpy anymore. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Ted, head chocolatier over at Reed's Chocolates. And my guest... This weekend, along with his wife and his uh, young son, Henry, um, they're all coming here. And he's asked to read the outro because he's a big fan, so you'll be hearing his voice shortly. And another friend of the show, Matt Quinn, who's redoing their website right now, readchocolates.com. So check back on that a little bit later. And he's also doing some amazing stellar photography if you uh, happen to know him or follow him on Twitter. Pretty awesome. Cool. We'll put a link to his photography in the show notes as well as Read Chocolates. Mm-hmm. And uh, quick knowing is half the battle update. I've got a bunch of stuff in the hopper, but I'm trying to find the right angle. So it might be another week or two. There's a lot of stuff out there, but I'm trying to get the most out of it to so you can have some takeaways. Right. And it's, and some, it's just some action it's, items. Action items, takeaways, you know, <laughs> cornflower blue ties. So I'm, I'm working on it. So be patient. It's coming. Oh. And a, just another update on my personal show, which is keeps getting pushed. <laughs> I, got, I got two episodes in the can. Once I hit three, then it goes off to iTunes and we'll be out. And the show is called Jason.com, which is a, the antithesis of Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how, how long you stay calm. Yeah, spoiler alert. I'm not that calm. Music for the show is by Among Us. Check them out on iTunes. We're hosted by Libsyn. Use the coupon code GOG while signing up and receive up to two months for free. Keep up with us at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrumpyOldGeeks. On Twitter, we're at Twitter.com slash GOG Podcast. Or simply email us at Podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. 
You can also get our iPhone app at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iPhone. Show notes for this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 73. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.